Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Fantastic. All right. Well, I have been so looking forward to uh, speaking with you this morning and sharing with you this morning. I believe that the Lord has really laid something upon my heart, and I know that it's uh, going to help you grow. I mean, we're all about growth. Amen? Amen? And so I know and I pray that it's going to be uh, an opportunity for you to to grow and develop. I believe this is going to help you. And uh, how, how many know that there's vitamin moments? Has anybody heard that term? It's like vitamins. It's like they taste like rubbish, but you know you probably should have them every day, right? Right? Has anybody... I mean, unless you get the kids' vitamins. The kids' vitamins are just like lollies. You know what I mean? Like Josh just go, yeah, I feel like a lolly, but it's a vitamin. <laughs> Right, and uh, anybody seen them? Anybody seen vitamins up on it? You know, you got all different brands: Swiss, Blackmores, and all of that sort of jazz. Well, there's vitamin moments of where um, some of what we're going to cover today together are going to be like vitamins. It's like, yes, Pastor Matt, I know, I I know that, and I know that I need to do that each day. Right? We understand that. But then there's moments of where you might be experiencing some pain and you just need a good painkiller, right? And then you just, I'm going to give you some pain-killing questions this morning as well. Are you ready for those? Yeah? And so, and so but how many know you can't live on painkillers? Because if you take your vitamins properly every day, then the, then the truth is a little bit that, uh, that you're going to need less painkillers. So there's going to be some pain-killing moments as well. How many know that Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly? Amen. Amen. And so if you're not experiencing what you would expect life abundantly looks like, then you need to ask Jesus what life abundant looks like because he is here today to be able to minister to you, to speak to you when you recognise him that he's in the room. So can we just take a moment right now? We're going to pray. We're going to recognise that he's in the room right now. You ready? Can you going to join with me? going to join together? Father, we just thank you right now for your presence. Jesus, we just give you glory. We give you honour, Lord. And Lord, we just take this moment to, to welcome you here, to say thank you for everything that you're doing. And Lord, that your word says that you are faithful to complete your work in our lives today. In Jesus' name. We all said... High five somebody beside you, behind you. I don't care where they are, just uh, do that. That's fantastic. <clears throat> How many know that God has really been moving uh, in, this season of, in, in this season of Melbourne? I mean, like in Australia, there's never a dull moment. Like it wasn't that too long ago that, you know, <laughs> basically three states or four states in, in Australia were fighting bushfires. And, and well, now it's floods, right? <laughs> it's like full on. Isn't it amazing, right? 
And, um, and you know, it's, it really has been like that for a long time. You know, if you go back through the, uh, the history books, you know, there's a reason why, um, you know, it's called the Great Southland. Yes, the Great Southland, uh, but it's a land of uh, uh, flooding plains. Why? Because Australia has, since the beginning of time, been a big plain that has flooded from time to time and we get to live in it. And uh, there are a lot of people, obviously, that have been affected by it. My brother uh, sent uh, me some photos of uh, sunny Lilydale. Now, Lilydale, we would think, some of us might think, Lilydale, that's way out in the bush. It's not that far away. Um, but, uh, and, you know, that's up in the mountains. Yeah, well, even the mountains flood, right? And he sent me some photos of just water gushing all through Lilydale. And uh, just around the corner from his house, his house backs onto the Warburton Trail, and there were truckloads of water um, just pouring down uh, through the houses and the yards there. So if you've been affected, our prayer is for you. But hey, we are all in this together, amen? Come on, we're all in this together. And so that's the great thing about this land of Australia is that uh, often when there is need, us Aussies really step into that place of fulfilling and helping one another and doing that. So we're all in this together and God is moving in this nation. There's actually a lot of things that God is doing. And uh, often God does things in people and through people first, right? And so um, a few weeks ago, I preached a message called, I am not a victim. And it was to help us all get from this space of feeling like a victim, like we are subject to the things that are happening around us and within us and moving into a much healthier place where we can actually step out of a victim mentality, which is quite restrictive, and into a great place of growth and moving forward. And uh, see, being a victim, um, we see that a lot within our culture and society at the moment from the point of view of, uh, of you know, like uh, uh, small groups of people and, and minorities having the loudest voice. Whoever can make a biggest statement or, you know, glue their hands to the wall or get in front of a camera somewhere and, and, and do all of this. And you see, there are some very good causes, and I'm not diminishing those causes and the need for change within our community. But what I am saying is that when it is birthed out of a heart of victimization as opposed to reconciliation or as opposed to healing, then unfortunately you can glue as many hands to the wall or send as many messages out through social media as you like, but the community still stays as a victim. Stay in that moment of victim. And we can see victimization or, or staying in a state of uh, uh, being a victim both within our own lives, our relationships, marriages, friendships. That person hurt me, so I'm never going to speak to them again. And you stay in that place. And then Pastor Julie gave a powerful message about forgiveness. Who was there for that? Right, just so powerful. And that is a beautiful first step to get out of living like a victim and, and uh, forgive and you get set free. And guess what? Guess what? It doesn't reduce the severity. It doesn't reduce 
um, uh, it doesn't negate the, the injustice of what happened, but what it does do, it sets you free from that injustice. And who wants to be free? Amen? I want to be free. Fantastic. So, so uh, in the next 25 minutes or so, um, I, I, I'd like to help you realize and understand that God is a God of exhilaration, right? You know, if we were to put our hand on our heart and have a really honest conversation right now, you know, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but, but you, can, you can just wink at me or nod or something like that or just smile. And, and if you could agree with me, you might say, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd like to be a bit further advanced than where I am right now. Or I'd like to be a bit more. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to have a have had a, a bit more growth in my life than what I've experienced right now. And, and you know, if I was to say that, I would categorically, emphatically, absolutely, both hands in the air, both legs in the air, if I could, without falling over, and I'd say yes, absolutely. But I believe, I believe, God is in a season of exhilaration. I believe that what he can do in, uh, in one year in your life can be the equivalent of anything that you would dream about doing within five years. You see, God can take you from where you're at and if, you, if we would come to him, submit to him, give our lives to him, that he can change and develop us from where we are into this beautiful, uh, I'm not saying you're not beautiful, but even more beautiful and even more effective and even better than where you've been. Amen? Amen? Can God do that? Am I in a place of faith right now that we believe that God is at work? Amen? And he is at work within our lives. So... You may or may not have heard about um, that the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as uh, dunamis power. It's like it's the word that we get dynamite from. And um, uh, I don't know whether you've ever seen dynamite blow up, but you've probably seen enough action movies to be able to see something of the sort. Of, 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 it's explosive, right? So, you know, you've ever heard of the, the, the scripture where God says, be still and know? And we love those be still and know moments, right? They're so peaceful. They're so glorious. But how many have experienced the dynamite power of God, right? There's a few of us in the room. What I want to encourage you is that God is a God of power. His word says that, he, that it's not just mere words, but his words are of power, right? You know, we talk about the Big Bang Theory and evolution, and well, I don't, but, you know, people talk about it. And, and you know, I, I reckon there probably was a Big Bang when God said, let there be light. <laughs> boom, right? Uh, and boom, everything was created that was created as we read in Genesis. And so um, we have to understand that as we raise our faith, be aware, be aware of his dynamite power. Hello? Of his dynamite power. See, God empowers us to know his love and be changed by his dunamis power, the word says. The dunamis power of his word. And I believe what we're going to share today, what I'm going to share today is the dunamis power of God's word. I'm going to give you some real usable keys 
to get out of the rut of being a victim. When I spoke a few weeks ago on uh, um, identifying some of the things that we can see within our own heart and our own life and our own thinking of where we have allowed a victim mentality to affect our everyday decisions. And how many know that our everyday decisions lead us into a place of a, a year's worth of decisions? And a year's worth of decisions lead to a decade's worth of decisions. And as we look back at the last 10 years, we might be able to look back and say, well, you know, there's some decisions I'd, I would have done differently. Anybody agree with that? Yeah, I'd, I'd make some different decisions, for sure, for sure. But God is a restorative God. Jesus, again, said that he has come, that he would give us what? Life and what? Life abundantly. Now, that's to experience all aspects of life. You see, when things happen in our lives that are out of our control, we can be, fe- we can be left feeling like we're, we're a victim of something. That's a very, very, very real feeling. But at the same time, God has not commanded us to stay in that place. When we blame others for things that we are responsible for, I can't blame anybody else for my bad attitude, right? I'm responsible for that. I'm responsible for my feelings. I'm responsible for the things that are going on in my own heart and my life. But if we blame others for things that we're responsible, you're buying into a victim lifestyle. Who wants to get out of this? I don't. I know I do. I know I do, right? I know you're not agreeing with me just yet because you just don't know what's coming. And I I hear. But are you ready, right? Jesus wants to help you get out of the victim rut. But it has to start with this word. Everybody say wisdom. It starts with walking in wisdom. Can I get somebody to hand these out? Thanks, Kelly. You might want to engage somebody else. Thanks. Thanks, Kel. we have been created by God to walk in his wisdom, in his wisdom. I'm going to try to point out some of the differences between his wisdom and man's wisdom. You see, the world around us lives externally and One of the major feeders of external living is social media. Do you ever see anybody that puts something bad up? Like, it's pretty rare, right? It's like social media is like the highlight reel of people's lives. It's all the good stuff. Went on a holiday, look at my new car, got a new hairdo, look at this amazing meal. You know, it's very rare, I stubbed my toe today. And the difference is this, is that often when we see somebody put up something like, I stubbed my toe today, you go, everyone just goes, sympathy vote. Are we talking real? Right, right. And so, and so you know, social media feels the very point that the world itself tends to live externally. 
They live in their circumstances and live in their problems. But you see, as followers of Jesus, as believers in Jesus Christ, God does not call us to live externally. And I'm not really talking about social media. What I'm talking about here is that, is that uh, uh, um, the, the external factors influencing our internal matters more than our internal matters influencing our external matters, okay? So we're going to talk about that. So uh, you have to only look at the 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock news. You can have 24 hours of news where they're just going to repeat the same highlighted six things every single hour. Our media feeds on fear the most. Very rarely do you watch the news and there might be one token good news story. Anybody notice that? All right, let me tell you, if you're starting to feel anxious and depressed and you're watching the news, turn it off. If anything really major is going on, you'll find out. Someone will tell you. Because the, the media is addicted to feeding fear. Why? Because fear is a big human motivator. Most of what you see and hear is not good news. That doesn't mean we put our heads in the sand and we live as though everything is perfect. Amen? What it does mean is that we focus our minds, our thoughts and emotions on higher things. See, this is what the Word of God commands us to do. This is what God seeks for us to become. Those that focus upon higher things. People who do not live according to the fear around us and people, you see, people become discouraged by everything that they're not. I do. I look in the mirror. I haven't got a set of abs yet. I get discouraged, right? I go, oh, you know, that hamburger I ate last week, it tasted good. Minute on the lips, years on the hips, right? Is that right? Right, we, we can become discouraged by what we think we're not. But how about what if we start to think of ourselves like God thinks of us? How about we start to think of our circumstances and the things happening around us the way God sees them? I'll guarantee you this right now. You will start to get out of the rut of being a victim and you will start to walk in wisdom. See, we don't live the way of getting stuck in that. We live in Christ. We should have an internal reality of Jesus within us and therefore carry and walk in a powerful expectation. And this is where I, I love what Anna said this morning in terms of, in terms of activating our faith into a place of, of such expectancy of the things of God that it actually transforms our internal world and starts to affect our external world. You are a person of great influence. Do you understand that? I was listening to <coughs> a message the other day <coughs> of somebody who um, coaches uh, uh, business leaders and, uh, and uh, this person actually pointed out that um, they walked into a room one time and there was a, there was a person who was just complaining constantly and, and you know, there, there, is, there are moments of where it is good to vent and talk to somebody. So... Um, but the, the, this person was in a, is, was in a room full of uh, leaders and, um, 
<clears throat> and this person was just complaining. They weren't the keynote speaker or anything like that. They, they were just, just one of the ticket holders, right? And, and, and then everybody, they noticed everybody just started to, and they started to explain how burnt out they were, right? And then everybody in the room started to go, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty burnt out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until one much older person said, I am so thankful for my family. I am so thankful. And then what happened is they started to see the room change from this, from this lowest common denominator into this person of influence that said, you know what, guys, I've been there and it's not worth staying there. It's worth recognising what's needed to get out of it and what I'm talking about today is going to help you get out of that place. So if you're feeling burnt out, we're in this together. If you're feeling tired in this season, hey, we're in this together. If you are looking for answers, Jesus has them. He has life for you here today. Amen? So the expectation is not just external, it is also internal. We should expect to see the evidence of Christ in us. If you've got your Bibles with you, open them to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Excuse me. Colossians chapter 1 verse 24. And I, I, I love what Paul is saying here. He, uh, from, from memory, he's in jail, he's in house arrest. And he says these words that I very rarely hear any Western Christians today say, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. They're not even for him. <laughs> They're on behalf of other people. And fill up my flesh with what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. These are words from a man who knows what he's about. Amen? These are words from a man that has experienced it all. Another scripture that Paul says, he goes, he goes, I know what it is to abound and I know what it is to be abased. In other words, I know what it is to have lots and I know what it is to have very little at all. But in all things, I rejoice. Amen? Verse 26, the mystery which has been hidden uh, from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Do you know that's you? God has revealed the mysteries of his word to you. To each and every single person. He's revealed it to you. So it doesn't matter how much rain, it doesn't matter how much that we, that we walk in or how much that we face, how, how exciting is it that the mysteries of all of heaven, which were hidden to mankind before, has been revealed to us now. Wow, that's enough to be swinging from the LED lights barely hanging from the roof. Verse 27, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is you and I, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man and woman in all what? In all wisdom 
that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labour, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Man, that is a scripture I'd love for you to read over yourself every single morning. Every single morning. And I believe that God will, will cause a quickening in your heart and a, a quickening in your circumstances that you will begin to work and operate through those circumstances with the power of Christ in you. So we are believers and the power in our lives comes from Jesus. Hello? Hello? You, you there? Yep. Wisdom comes through him and operates through us. We must understand that the world has nothing to offer in the ways of wisdom regarding the kingdom of heaven. Now, let me tell you, there's a lot of wise people who don't know Jesus. And, and you know, I think some of the best uh, business advisors, medical advisors, um, engineers, uh, you know, they are just, man, they're so much wiser than what I might have to offer in those areas. But when it comes to matters of the kingdom and when it comes to matters of the heart, Jesus trumps all. We have to understand the world has nothing to offer in, when it comes to the matters of the kingdom. Nothing to offer. Our source is Jesus Christ. And you see, if we replace Jesus Christ with other things, then those things became an, become an idol in our life. Hello? So we must place him at the forefront of our lives in the wisdom that we walk in. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 says this, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, does that mean we become these funny little Christians that are just going, oh, oh, like lemmings? Absolutely not. We're not lemming Christians, are we? What it is, is that suddenly we have Christ's perspective on earthly matters. We apply Christ's mind in, in provide solutions to earthly things. Hello? Verse 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. <clears throat> Look, the truth is this. We have all been saturated in life here on earth and unfortunately, to worry about something is a sign that we care. Now, to worry about something means you're worrying about something. To care, to, did, did Jesus ever worry? 
He didn't worry. He wasn't. He 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 was very focused on what had happened. He was moved with compassion. He had compassion on people, but he didn't worry. And so often in life in the world, we've we've been conditioned to think that worrying is caring. Worrying is based in fear. Fear robs us of love. Why? Because perfect love casts out fear. So you want to turn up the fear in your life? You'll turn down the love. Let me tell you a better way. And this is wisdom. If you love, you'll be moved positively to action as opposed to if you are worrying in fear, it will always have a negative result. Okay, so I'm a parent, right? And, um, you know, our kids are growing up right now. Josh isn't here with us today. He's at a mate's birthday party. They're going into the MCG. Lucky him, right? <clears throat> and so they're do- doing a tour of the MCG and, and, and you know, pretty funky 12-year-old's birthday. Uh, you know, go have a tour of the sports stadium and, uh, you know, the, the idol that the MCG is. Oh, sorry, did I say that? The, the, the Mecca or whatever it is, right? And so, and so go Tigers. So, um, uh, and, and, and so, you know, here I am. I am entrusting him into another man's hands parents' hands that, that I know kind of but no, don't know all that well. What would worry do? I haven't heard from him. Is he all right? That's what fear does. What does love do? Love does, Father, I committed him into your hands at his dedication. I will not take him out of your hands and place them into mine. Father, I trust you that you have your hand upon him. You will keep him safe. But if he is not in a safe space, you are going to give him the wisdom and the power and the love to be affect change in that space, in that environment. Lord, be upon the parents that he would be a witness to them in that. That's what love does. It puts me in a place of complete confidence that God is God. Jesus Christ is still Lord and he is still on the throne. Amen? Stop our worrying. It's not a sign that you care. Perhaps it's a sign where you need to apply love and the power of God in your life. When worry robs us of kingdom wisdom and the outworking of peace, joy, love, and the strategy that wisdom that Jesus gives, the root of that worry is fear. And Jesus wants to pull that root out of our life and replace that fear with love. These things we actually need to practice. We actually need to get good at them. Sometimes we're going to go really well. Sometimes we're not going to go really well. Am I always really good in that? No, no. But with Jesus' help, I'm getting better, amen? Oh, no? With Jesus' help, you're getting better too, amen? Right. 
So God is in the process of developing the bridge between where we are at and who he is developing us into. Jesus orchestrates our circumstances so that we have heaps of opportunities to practice crossing over from the ways and the wisdom of this world to the higher ways of the kingdom. Every day there are situations where we have a choice. Am I going to partner with the world or am I going to partner with Jesus? Right? God wants to quicken our life. And as I said before, he can cause five years of growth in your life in the space of one year. However, it all depends on your willingness, on my willingness to partner with wisdom. We've got to partner with wisdom if we're going to get out of the rut of being a victim. Every opportunity, every circumstance, every purpose for our lives is to see things the way Jesus sees, think the way God thinks, and see our lives and circumstances from his perspective. Do you know that there is always a gift of God present for you in every situation? A gift from God. So when you feel afraid, what is the gift that I shared before that he wants to give you? Love. That's right. So when you're feeling that moment of of fear or, or worry or concern, you say, Lord, what is the gift right now? Man, I know the gift. I know the antidote for fear. I know that the, 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 the power, it's like an atom bomb against fear and it's called your love for my life, your love in this circumstance. Amen? When you lack, what is the gift that he wants you to know? Well, he wants to know that he is Jehovah Jireh, which means my provider. Jesus said that he will not see his people begging on the street. Guess what? He's going to provide for you. When you are in lack, see, every single situation and circumstance is an opportunity. Guess what? When you have plenty, do you know that there is a gift in that as well? The gift is humility. Because how many times can we have plenty? Plenty, we've got it all. And yet we stop to give thanks to God for everything that he's given us. And we become trusting in those riches as opposed to anything else. Hello? 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you except such such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Can I just highlight that word escape? Can we, get, we, can we get that scripture up, please, Shiloh? Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. That word escape, that word escape in, uh, in <coughs> the original Greek actually means a way to die. <laughs> no, not that exciting, really. But that's not actually what it means. <laughs> that word escape 
originally, in its original form, it actually means the way you escape is that you die to yourself and you become alive in Christ. Hmm, interesting. Remember the scripture that we read before in Colossians that actually states and actually says that we have died in Christ, we're hidden in Him. Hello? I'll guarantee you every single challenge, every single circumstance, every single area of where your life is like, oh man, this is a really, really hard time. It is an opportunity to understand and know that we have died in Christ. We've died to the things of this world and we've been made alive in him. Often when we experience pain, we become even more aware of what? Ourselves. Hello? We become aware of ourselves. In your pain, the gift that Jesus wants to give you is to become more aware of him. That's why the Bible says, in him there is fullness of joy. Friends, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one that wants to replace death for life. And it's only in him that we can see it. The key truth that I want us to understand and walk away with today is this. And Anna and I had the opportunity a few years back to sit under the ministry of Graham Cook and some of the questions, you can look him up, is, is, it just has some wonderful wisdom and insight into some of these things. But he made this statement which was incredibly powerful and I want you to listen to it. I'm just going to quote it. God allows in his wisdom what he can easily prevent in his power. I'll read it again. God allows in his wisdom what he can easily prevent in his power. You see, this is crucial to help us be set free from a victim mindset. It sets us free from the why questions. Have you ever been stuck in that rut of why me? What about me? It isn't fair. Sing it with me, Rosie. I've had enough now. I won't much. Right? Why me? Right? Why me? I've said it all the time. Somebody banged in the back of Anna's car. It's Anna's car. It's not mine. Well, it's ours, of course. But as soon as it happened, I went, why did that have to happen? We were on holiday of all the places. Oh, why did that have to happen? Right? Hey, it's a default. It's a victim. It's a victim mentality, isn't it? Why did that have to happen to me? And guess what? Accidents happen. There are other stupid people on the road, just like me. And sometimes things don't go well. Poor little Corolla. But how many know that a lot of those why questions never get answered? Really? I mean, let's be truthful, right? So I want to replace those why questions with some really powerful ones that I've handed out. 
And these questions, the why questions are earthbound, whereas we need to start asking some heaven-bound questions. Hello? And adjusts our mindset. Hey, friends, these are the painkillers. Are you ready? That's all been vitamins up until now. Get ready for some painkillers. You ready to pop them? Okay, here we go. This is the first question that I want you to ask every single day for every single situation and circumstance, no matter what you're facing. Are you ready? It says this. Who, we're asking this of the Lord, who do you want to be for me now that you couldn't be any other time? You see, for those of of us who believe in Jesus Christ and confessed him as our Lord and Saviour, we believe that at the point of death, we go to heaven to be with him. In heaven, there will be learning that will take place. But while we are here on earth, now is the opportunity. We won't be able to experience things like, we won't be able to experience things in heaven like the way that we experience on earth. And every single situation and every single day is Jesus' school of learning, shaping us all into who we are called and created to be. So who do you want to be for me now that you couldn't be any other time? This readjusts my mind away from being a victim and asking why... It suddenly places my focus where it should be. If I'm sick, Jesus wants to be the healer. If I lack, he wants to be the provider. If he's silent, he wants me to be the seeker of him. If he feels distant, he wants to assure me that he's closer than ever before. Friends, that is who my Jesus is. Another question that I know will be helpful. You ready? What are you orchestrating in my circumstances that I can practice? Hey, isn't it good news that the Bible says his mercy is in you every morning? Because what we didn't get right yesterday, (laughs) we have another opportunity to get right today. Isn't he that good, right? What are you orchestrating in my circumstances that I can practice? Hey, we need to partner with him in what he's doing. We get to partner with him, amen? The last question, what is the gift of God that is present for me here? So no matter what the situation is, what is that gift of God that's present? See, in every single situation, he wants to give us a gift. And I'm not just talking about the fruits of the Spirit or the you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit and things like that. What, the gift of God that is always at work within us is whatever we need for that present circumstance. Whatever gift that might be. Hey, it could be patience. Hey, it could be joy. Huh? The psalmist says that the, that the pain of the night is over, that the oil of joy for mourning has ended. And joy comes in the morning. Have you ever heard that the darkest a night is, is just before dawn breaks? That's often like 
the way God works within our life, when we feel that despair, when we feel that sense of loss, when we feel that sense of being under rather than over, there is a gift that God wants to give you to transform this situation into a place where he grows you and causes a quickening in your life to become who he has created and called you to be. Wow. We get to partner with him in this. The Bible says that God is the author and finisher of our faith. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. See, this says this, that God always gives us an opportunity. And sometimes it starts small opportunities. And he wants to just test. Now, I know some things in life, they just really suck. (laughs) Can we put it plainly? Life here on earth sometimes is really hard. And some of those hard things, God, it's not part of God's will for you. But let me tell you the truth. He'll turn it for good. He'll turn it for good. The Bible says all things work together for good. Those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Friends, we get this opportunity to partner together with him with each other, encouraging one another, lifting each other up and saying, hey, that area there, we're going to help you. That area there, I know God's called you into a higher place. That we would no longer walk as a victim, that we would no longer walk with the lack of wisdom and a lack of heaven's perspective, but we would suddenly start to ask these questions of God and turn our mindset from the least, the lowest common denominator, into a place full of faith, a life full of faith, a life of full community transformation, a life full of hope, a life fully aware of what Jesus is doing within our heart and our life. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to pray together right now. And if you're here today that this has really spoken to you, I want to encourage you, man, take those those questions that I've placed on a piece of paper there and, and stick it up, I don't know, on the back of the toilet door or on the fridge or in the car, everywhere that you're going to be able to be reminded. Be reminded of what God is doing, of what God is seeking to do in your life. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. Father, I'm just so excited for this amazing group of people, for your church, Lord, that you have chosen us, that you are working in us, that each and every single person here today is not here by chance or mistake. They're here today or they're watching online because 
You love them, Lord. Jesus, you died for them. And so Holy Spirit, within the dynamite and dunamis power of your word and your truth, we ask that you would come in your power, Jesus. That our lives would be transformed. That we would seek wisdom and we would get understanding. Lord, that we would recognize every gift in every situation and circumstance. Because you, Lord, are turning everything for our good. Father, we just thank you right now. We give all praise and all glory to you, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.